Hi, this is Erica Bogan. Thank you for listening to the I Am Spartan podcast with Scott Knowles. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Have you checked out the show's sponsor yet? Do me a favor and go and check out Monkey Grip. That's monkey with two E's. Go and check them out at monkeygrip.com or follow them on Instagram. Go follow them on Instagram because I told you to. They sell these cool rope grips that go around like any bar, like Works great on pull-up bars and dumbbells. They're great for dumbbells because you can do farmer's carries, but you're holding in that same grip location as you would if you were doing, say, a rope climb. And that's what's cool about these tools here is it's great for OCR because we have a lot of rope obstacles in OCR, like the slip wall, Hercules hoist, and the rope climb itself. The rope grips are $33.50, and he's got some level-up grips called the cannonball grips, which is actually like a monkey fist that you can hang from a pull-up bar in the same way. And those are $49.95. He also sells liquid chalk. It works great, too, and it sells for $9.50. Do me a favor. Go follow him on Instagram. That's monkey grip with two E's. Got a cool episode here. Garfield Griffiths is a good friend of mine who has been working with Spartan for several years now and he puts on some of the amazing races that we get to go all go and kill ourselves on he was in vegas this past weekend putting on a race but before we get into this interview i want to talk about the atlanta spartan trifecta weekend which was an amazing race weekend of course in normal georgia fashion the weather showed up for the race you know weekend before weekend after we're going to be in the high 70s but nope the Atlanta weekend, we had low 30s, and I think we were in the 20s on Sunday for the Super Race. Uh, like I said, I love this venue, Conyers, Atlanta, whatever you want to call it. It's got, you know, it's got all kind of terrain there. There's t- a little bit of technical running. There's good trail running. There's open running. There's swamp. There's mud. You get to go underneath the road in these culverts, which may have water going through them, may not have water going on. There's like some rock running that's on the uh, super course and the beast course as well. There's just it's it's just always a fun race. It's got rolling hills. It I've never gone to a race here and been disappointed. It's it's always been fun. It's always been a challenge and. You know, it was great that they brought the Beast course to this venue, and I'm looking forward to... I, there, I heard rumor that there may be an Ultra there next year. Uh, Jason Barnes, who helped put on the race, told me that, but I also heard that uh, Woody, who helped put on the race as well, said that there just wasn't enough property to do an Ultra. So let's just say there may be a 50-50 chance we may have an Ultra there next year. And I got to say... In those conditions, as cold as it was, and having to do an extra lap and maybe a little more of an ultra loop there, that would have been a tough ultra course. 
And if you've been to this venue before and you remember where the rolling mud typically is, that's where the barbed wire crawl was. And some of those mud holes were like waist deep and you're going under the barbed wire. It was really a trip too because they had like a speaker out there and they were playing heavy metal when you were going under it. It, it, was, just, it was just an awesome race and an awesome weekend. And if you didn't make it, you missed out on a really good trifecta weekend. But anyway, here's an interview with Garfield Griffiths. Garfield Griffiths, how are you doing today, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you doing? Good. So, uh, besides being a world-renowned DJ, uh, tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, oh my God! Um, I've been in the event industry for <coughs> many years. Um, used to manage clubs around the UK, uh, Ibiza, and in Europe. And as you said, I was DJed all over the place. Got picked up by a big club in Miami about 20 years ago. And I thought, hey, I'll come over here for three months, have a vacation. <laughs> and that was, uh, like I say, 25 years, two kids and a wife ago. Right. So I'm not going to lie, man, I, I went pretty deep into your uh, Facebook photos and I saw some photos of you DJing at some parties in like your DJ stand. You had it lit on fire in front of you. That was pretty cool. That was kind of my shtick. Yeah. What happened was there was one time I used to, cause I used to play, you know, the raves and all the, all that stuff. Right. And one of my things was like, don't ask me for requests because it wasn't that time. It wasn't a, it wasn't a wedding. It wasn't a bar mitzvah. It was a, it was a rave. So, you know, the, the thing is, you don't ask the rave, you don't go walk up to Tiesto or whoever, Diplo, and say, can you play, you know, YMCA right. for my birthday? You don't do that shit. Right. So, people kept asking me for this one track, the Zombie Nation track, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> and somebody just, someone just showed me for fun how to do the, how to breathe fire with uh, one, 151. Right. Uh, 151, yeah, the, the, the liquor. Yeah. So... And I was just done with this particular track, and it became too... And anyway, so I, I basically got a, a screwdriver, and I, I nailed it to the wall of the DJ booth it, it, into the drywall, covered it with 151, put the rest in my mouth, and just blew fire and set fire to the record and melted it in the middle of my set. <laughs> and people just lost their shit. Like, I mean, absolutely crazy. You know, this is all people on ecstasy and all crazy. Right. And then suddenly, suddenly this fire, they all became very tribal. So it became my thing. So I, I brought in like two by fours and I built them around the DJ booth. And I ended up setting fire. Every time the record would peak, I would set fire to the DJ booth in theory by setting fire this two by four with Zippo lighter fluid. Um, yeah, and that, that kind of became my thing. I was the DJ that would set fight in nightclubs. So you were the original fire starter of the race. Absolutely, and I used to play that all the time. Oh, I'm sure, man. Because, you know, and that was like back in the day where rave had a big boom and then it kind of went away. And yeah. like nowadays, like you'll see like reels on Instagram and Facebook and they've got these massive raves where you're seeing like the beat drop and you're like, man, that's insane. Just seeing all those people there, at these yep. massive raves. Did you ever like play anything that big like I that? Did. I did. I absolutely did. I was there in the first wave that you just mentioned. I was there. Uh, I actually DJed the very first Ultra Fest in Miami. 
1998, I played actually the very first record because there was like four different massive areas, like a breakbeat area, trance area, uh, the live stage, and they couldn't get their shit together. They couldn't get the sound system together. So the first tent, if you will, to get sound working was mine. And I was the first DJ in the in the Gatecrasher tent. So like everybody, probably 4,000 people, just all moved into my tent as I dropped that first track. So yeah, and I, I, I DJed all over the UK, some of the biggest clubs, well, back in the day, Cream and all those places. So yeah, I've DJed in front of lots of people, like tens of thousands. Wow. Do you, do you ever miss it? Um, I do. I miss the, 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 the buzz, but you know what? And this is going to sound weird, but I get the same feeling when I'm at a, when I'm at an OCR, like an office, when I'm at a Spartan or wherever I might be working at the time and just people coming up or standing at the start line, I know it's minimized, but I still get that same kind of buzz, the crowd buzz from that, you know, when, even when, even when you, you and your good lady run up and say, Garfield, how are you doing? Yeah. It, it's a rush, you know? Yeah, a bit, man. What made you walk away from that scene? It was going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a lot of bad habits that come with uh, working in nightclubs, especially in South Beach, Miami. I'm sure. And Ibiza. So, you know, I met my uh, my wife-to-be and um, decided that me working until 5, 6, 10 o'clock in the morning Jesus. on the weekends was not conducive to us getting married and having a family and settling down. So I made the call to retire from that life and open an event marketing company. So that's actually how I ended up where I am now mm-hmm. was in 2005, I opened my company and basically I consulted for all of the big clubs in Miami for music festivals, for hotels, doing pool parties and all of that stuff. And we ended up doing, you know, marketing for them and flyer distribution and, you know, all that fun stuff. And then obviously the internet blew up in the, in the mid 2000s. So we started building websites and doing email campaigns for nightclubs. So it just became to a point where that's what I did was basically tell people how to fill their clubs. Right. And from there, 2011 or 2012, because uh, I, I do a lot of martial arts. I've been doing it all my whole life. Um, my martial arts school said, hey, we're going to go run this thing called Spartan Race in 2012. I went, yeah, shit, let's do it. I'll go run a Spartan Race. I have no idea what the hell it is, but we'll do it. And I got, like a lot of us, I got completely hooked on them. And this was when, you know, back back then there was a race every weekend, two right. or three Every weekend. I mean, there was hundreds and hundreds of, um, there was no OCR back then. It was mud runs, you know, they were all mud run companies. Mm-hmm. So I ran Spartan, I ran Savage, I ran uh, Tough Mudder was my favorite back then. So I just ran one every weekend. Just kept, I was totally hooked. And then I ran one in a 2013 that was just garbage. It was the, the worst. I'm like, the obstacles are shit. <laughs> the way it was presented was bad. The customer experience was bad. Because you know, my background was presenting and marketing events. It's the right. same thing. Yeah. A mud run, a mud run is a friggin' music festival just with a shittier sound system. I've always said that. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'll do it myself. So I got the money, got put it together, and I put my first race on individually uh, in my own company in 2013. 
Um, and it was a shit show. I didn't know anything about like the registration system. That, that one threw me off. Right. So I sold. I thought, you know what? I'll sell Groupons. Groupon was huge. I'll sell. I'll sell um, Groupons, and then I'll build up a database of all these people. As long as they break even on the Groupon, the medal, T-shirt, uh, and I'll use it. And of course, freaking sold seventeen hundred Groupons. I mean, the whole race did about five thousand people back then. Damn. And um, none of them freaking signed up for the race. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> so. 1,700 people just showed up waving Groupons. So, oh my God, it was a nightmare. Absolutely. My wife was working Reg, and she still to this day wants to kill me for that. <laughs> she went through. You know, the lines were two hours long to get into the race. The race was great. My obstacles were good and all that stuff because I have a background in construction. Mm. But the customer experience was, it was a nightmare. So I ended up like going, oh, this is the worst thing I could have ever done. So I was going to quit. But I'd also planned a second OCR mud run a few weeks later, which was a, a singles-only mud run called Mud Mangle. I went, all right, let me get this one out of the way. I've already freaking sold tickets. <laughs> but because I made all of those mistakes in the first race, this one went smooth as silk. I mean, just putting them in better. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, okay, maybe there's something here. Um, so then what I did was I emailed everybody, 5,000 people. It was a big risk. And I gave them all a free race, everybody. Oh, and said, we, we, we fucked up. <laughs> totally screwed up. I apologize. Here's the free race. We're going to do it again in, in the end of the year. Come and see us. Give us a second chance. And they did. The race was epic. It was off the charts. Miami Speedway, where the Tough Mudder was. Um, and that really was, that was it. That was it. I was involved. And then I eventually closed my company down um, and became a full-time Mr. OCR, mud run guy. So how many races did you put on before you started working for like uh, the, the other companies? Um, I put about six or seven races on of my own. Mm-hmm. And then I got picked up by Battlefrog. Uh, for those who don't know, it was a Navy SEAL owned and operated event. Opened up in 2014 out of Miami. Mm-hmm. So I started with them as the uh, director of operations. So I designed all the obstacles, came up with uh, the various formats. One of the things that, uh, <laughs> one of the, it's rather the polarizing things, even to this day, was um, I was talking with Adrian, who was at the time planning his first OCR obstacle racing world championships, OCRWC. So we were talking and I said, look, I want to do, um, I'm going to do mandatory obstacle completion. I'm, I'm done. I don't want, I don't want burpees or push-ups or right. any of that crap. I said, you know, if people want to win the money at Battlefrog for an obstacle race, then do my obstacles. That was my kind of my shtick. Mm-hmm. And Adrian said, funny, you should mention that because I'm thinking about doing the same thing. So me and Adrian kind of pioneered that idea of doing obstacle completion like mandatory completion oh wow i didn't know um, that go so i didn't know that the ch- that was kind of y'all's baby that come up with that yep yeah 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 so we were we were the kind of the pioneers of that and you know i still i'm a big a proponent of uh, mandatory it's it's tough you know, people say, you know, people bring up Spartan. Oh, Spartan does mandatory obstacle completion. I can answer that very easily. Like, you know, Battlefrog and OCRWC might do two, three, four thousand people over uh, an event weekend. But, 
imagine 12,000 people and trying to manage those uh, retry lanes. Yeah, be, it'd be not tough. Happening. Not happening. No, it's not be, happening. It'd be two miles long. Right. So that is why love them or hate them, you know, you know, Spartans trying different things, as we all know, about the penalty loops, trying to trying to sort of standardize a bit. But that's the reason we did it. But the one of the reasons we didn't do it uh, at other races. But yeah, I brought that in. Then I uh, I left Battlefrog. Uh, I was I was unhappy with a lot of their safety processes or lack of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I moved on and then uh, picked up by Savage Race and Adrian OCRWC in fifteen. And then Savage, my job, what I started was I started the uh, Savage Pro. Mm-hmm. I just I developed the Savage Pro Heat and the Savage Kids, um, and we launched you know cash prizes at Savage and uh, ob- mandatory obstacle completion. Right. And I was there for about a year, and I was with Adrian for two years, and that was that was fun. It was uh, it was an interesting time, and then you know moved on from there. I've been around a bit, Scott. I'm quite the uh, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I've been everywhere. What so year was it that Savage started? I, from there. I can't even remember. Oh, um, civilian military combine. I think it was. I was with Bone Frog for a very short time. That was right. That was that was a very short time, and quite rightly so. That was not fun. <laughs> but I did design a lot of their new obstacles. I came. Up, I designed their chopper obstacles. Savage Race. I designed their Wheel World. Right. It was one of the obstacles I came up with. Uh, never liked the name. I thought it was a terrible name. Wheel World. I didn't like it at all. Um, I always wanted to call it Spin City. Spin City. Uh, I like that name too. That's a good name. What What yeah. year did Savage start? I can't remember. Savage started there as a company. They started about the same time, about 2012-ish. Mm. But they didn't start doing the pro wave until you started going and working for them? Yeah, 2004. 15, 16, I, I went in, I created the, the, that with the, the, the double the double chip thing they do where you lose right. one chip, all that fun stuff. I don't know what they do these days. But yeah, that was that was uh, my kind of project. Hmm. And then I actually managed the kids race, believe it or not. That was my main thing was managing the kids race. After the elites went off, I was like, well, I'm done. Huh. And then I brought in this giant foam machine <laughs> that we ended up uh, creating obstacles out of like this, this you know, these Ibiza or Ibiza style nightclub foam machine. I brought it in and we just kind of filled the entire obstacle with foam. So that was fun. Uh, did civilian military combine, which was kind of a hybrid OCR, which is kind of the initial original kind of DECA type thing. Um, we kind of relaunched that, which was very interesting concept. And I still think it has some legs. I'm not sure where or how, but basically we would have a pit. This pit would be 80 stations, and each station would be a plyo mat, uh, a, you know, a plyo box, a kettlebell, and a barbell. And you'd go in and say, well, I'm doing the body weight. So you're doing the body weight. You do a, you would do a seven-minute AMRAP. And there's a, there's a guy, it was Coach Payne, his name was. You probably know the name. Yeah. Um, Coach Payne would be there, and he'd be like, all right, that's it, keep going. And you do seven minutes of you know, burpees and, and body weight and all this. And then instantly the second that is finished, go. The race starts. Oh, no wow. break. No, no, no getting your heart rate down. And what it was, and I had Hobie Cole, who's, uh, for, for those listening, is, is an old school legend of the industry, ran it. He's like, this is like crushing me. He said, because, you know, the, the big guys are great in the pits because of the pit. 
Right. So they're doing because there was the barbell version, there was the kettlebell version, and then there was the no no weight version, burpees and what have you. And he said, "I love it because the big guys are crushing me in the pits. I'm too weak and small, but I'm faster than them on the course and the obstacles." Mm. And it even the playing field because the big guys were slower on the course but greater in the pit. And uh, I love that. And I still think there's some legs that you know they, we've got Decker at Spartan now. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying, like, how can we do a Decker that involves the sprint at the same time? But they yeah. tell me to shut up and stop coming up with ideas because like, <laughs> I throw out new ideas to Spartan like every 15 minutes. So right, you know, and I think there's. There's like, and you know, I've kind of joked around with Matt talking about, yeah, the new thing is going to be Decca Trail, you know what I mean? Just kind of joking yep. it around, but who's, no. I mean, why couldn't you do that? Like, say, do an outside Decca where you're actually running your loops, like on a trail that are the same loop every time, and then you come in and do the workstation, you know? Can you imagine with, can you imagine with obstacles, though? Yeah, with like a barbed wire crawl. You're doing a seven-minute AMRAP, and the thing, you're absolutely, your arms are smoked, you're fried, and then you got to do monkey bars and atlas carry. Yeah, that would be intense. Def- I still think there's something there, but, you know, like I say, I, I throw so many new ideas out of spot, and I think they're like Garfield. For fuck's sake, let us just get our shit together. <laughs> I mean, I've never done a deck of fit, and I'm sure if I went and did one, I, I would enjoy it. But just that yeah. running in like a you know a civic center type environment, that's that that doesn't attract me because I like being outside. Right. I like running the trails. I, I enjoy that more. So that's where I'm going to spend what little money I have, you know, to go and do. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely agree. And you know, when when I hear about like back in the day, Urban Mother, I don't know if you remember this, right. Urban Mother, um, and like the City Challenge, yep. and there was the the Urban was it Urban Athlon or whatever it was. I ran that one. I think I I I've never seen the the attraction. I get I get going to Fenway, right? Even as a British person, I get going to Fenway. It's like, oh my god, I'm at Fenway. Um, but just running around the city, I'm like. I can do that for free. Right. And I think, and for me, I think the, again, it's my personal opinion, but I think the, um, the allure of obstacle racing is the fact that, oh my God, look at this venue. I'm in West Virginia on these, it's spectacular. Right. I don't get to do this in my daily life. So I, I don't want to pay to run around the streets of freaking Philadelphia Right. You know, I'm not Rocky or whatever. That That's boring as shit to me. Right. But you put me in, in, in the, these amazing venues, in Utah or Snow Basin or Big Bear. You're paying for that experience. Right. Get your ass out into the woods. All right, sometimes it's not the most beautiful place. You know, the Miami race is it's, it's a good race, but you're in Boca and you're in a city park. Right. But still you're out and about. You know, it's not running on asphalt. So I've never... Never been a fan of that one personally, but you know, and there's a, there's a market for everyone. But I know that most of the urban races, even city races, Spartan, have struggled to get people, and I believe that's why. Right, and 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 on in another take there too is the difference between you know, say Spartan racing or just OCR in general and a regular trail race. You go to a regular trail race; it's a good, clean, mark trail. You know, yeah. you, you go to Central Florida Beast, y'all pull tape halfway across this pond you have to trudge through for a whole mile. And you, I always, when I, I'm always thinking when I'm in that situation, I'm like, there's no way 
if I was just out and about running around some area and saw this pond, there's no way I would go through this. But Spartan right. pulls some damn marker tape through it. Let's go. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. It's kind of forcing the function. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's making you do stuff that you would just never do. And that's what I personally think is the beauty of this. It's, it's basically being a kid again. I think, honestly, that's exactly. the biggest marketing thing. You get to freaking crawl around the ground, roll around in cow shit, and just, you know, up and down <laughs> mountains. You just don't ever get that experience. And it's like being a kid again, because you used to do that when you were a kid. Exactly. And it, and it's like you said, man, the, the, the bushwhacked trails make it I, more of an adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and I love that kind of technicality to the running as opposed to just running a clean cut trail, you know. It just it brings a sense of adventure and just like you said, you, you, you get the feeling anyway, of a kid yeah. at the playground you again. You can go run a freaking trail any way you want. Right. Yeah. You're right. If you're just doing it on your own, you're just chilling, oh, I'm just gonna pop along, you're not gonna see a one mile freaking swamp in central Florida and go, Hey, I'm going in there, I'm gonna go hang out with the alligators yeah. on your own. Yeah. <laughs> with no support, but I know, screw that. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm going through there. What? Spartan pulled some tape through there? Let's go see where it goes. <laughs> <That's> it, right? <laughs> so Garfield, like when you go to like a new location to uh, like scout out a potential race site, like yeah. what are some of the key components that you have to take into accord, you know, to put on a race at a venue? Um, well, this answer is going to be really boring and corporate, but um, big things that we look for, aside from, uh, first of all, we look for a venue that has uh, an area that we can put a race in. That's That's crucial. But... We also have to find a venue where we can put a festival area. That's, you know, that's, that's a decent size. Parking. And we have to find where we can park, you know, 2,000 cars. I mean, people forget about that. Oh, I can't believe this venue. Like, we have to park 2,000 cars. Right. Um, you know, and then we have to get a festival area with this, like, you know, three, three acres, three square acres. Um, so those are the, uh, let's call it the, the corporate boring things that we look for, but we have to. Mm-hmm. But then we look at the venue and say, okay, so what kind of a race? You know, the good thing is, and I tell my race directors this, is like, um, imagine you're running the race. Because I run them. I've ran a shit ton in my 10, 12 years, you know. So right. I have that mentality as a customer over being a businessman, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. So so I think, would, would I enjoy running here? What would I do if I, I mean, where, where would I want? And that's kind of always been my course design mantra as well is like what would i want to do as, as as a customer and that's you know i tell my tell the race directors the same thing don't think well i just got to find somewhere for an obstacle and get from a to b that's boring don't do that you know find what they can do if you can go from a to b but then suddenly there's a giant hill over there stick a barbed wire on it or something mm-hmm. and make it fucking epic um but yeah the, the, the main things we look for are on a, on a corporate level of can we park everybody there can we get everybody there? You know, some venues, it's a single track trail. I'm like, no, right. that's going to, that's going to back up for 20 miles with a thousand cars. So there's so many nuances that we look for that a lot of, you know, I see social media, I, I get it, that we get crushed on. All races get crushed on. Right. Like, but you don't know. It's not, we're trying to do this. We're trying to make it a good experience for you. We're trying to get your car in quickly. We're mm-hmm. trying to get you out quickly. We're trying to get some 
water from somewhere so you can have a shower. Right. So there's, there's, there's a checklist that I have, and it's pretty extensive on what makes a good venue. But, I mean, really, customer experience is number one. You know, if I, if I go around the venue, I mean, we, you know, the race directors, when we do site visits, we basically will just go everywhere. We'll just set the, G, set the GPS running, and we'll spend two days every single trail and it, you know when we're done it looks like spaghetti right Google Earth. and then we go okay where can i put obstacles well that's that's great but that run between that obstacle and that obstacle is that's two miles we yeah. can't make people run two miles without an obstacle they'll be bored out of their mind right so we have to redirect it so yeah there's there's so much scott it's it's, it's, it's a huge uh, process to try and get all the pieces together and y'all usually put these things together. I mean, you well, you go out and you'll pre-plan, especially a new site. And then when it comes time to build, it's usually like a two-week. You put it together yeah. and take it down within two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. We normally we have a, a number of different cycle, cycles, we call them, cycle lengths. Um, like, uh, for example, coming up soon, uh, my next race that I'll be going to, to help out because I'm not doing as many races this year mm-hmm. uh, will be Palm Beaches because Palm Beaches has the 3K so I'll be helping out with me and Hammond are going to help out the 3K right. but because Palm Beaches is a one day sprint the team is only there for X amount of time right. uh, probably about six no no uh, eight days so there'll be the eight days prior to the race and then three days after So, but if if it's a trifecta, you know, it's West Virginia and, the you know, you got to travel eight miles to get to the next, to the obstacle to pull it down. We'll be there for longer. It could be nine or ten days prior right. and four days after. But, you know, the, the, the teams are insane. I, I've worked for every race company. I've worked with every manner of people. And regardless of what people say about Spartan, I get it. I'm not getting to get into that. But as far as an event person and the logistics behind what we do, there's nobody better. I mean, they are so dialed in uh, as far as an event company. Right. It's, it's, it's scary. Hmm. Guys are amazing. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, why did they decide to only have a one-day sprint in Palm Beach this year? Um, a little bit out of my jurisdiction, but I would imagine usually it's down to numbers. Right, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, if you get in the, if because it was always the sprint sprint, and it's a very, I mean, as uh, yeah. my put my marketing hat on here, um, to do a sprint, and I, actually I'm dealing with this with the Bahamas, uh, fine example, Bahamas, well, Bahamas was city, city, but then we realized no one cares about the city, and right. um, we, we stopped doing the city, so I went, at least make it a sprint so people can get a trifecta wedge. Yeah. Um, and then I thought to myself, a sprint sprint, I don't know if I'm going to travel halfway or wherever people are, all the way to the Bahamas. And it's the same in Palm Beach. It was sprint sprint. I'm like, who the hell's going to do a, a race weekend and do both, just a sprint sprint? You know, the super sprint, trifecta, whatever we've got. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I kind of tried to, I, I molded this kind of, uh, which I kind of took from Battlefrog, even though it was kind of one of my, one of my final products with a guy called David Moore. Which was about Frog Extreme BFX. Right. That was my that was my thought process behind. Okay, let's do the. Can I do a multi lap sprint? 
So I know I'm segueing away from your original question. The original That's question right. was why we're we doing a single sprint because of the numbers and because selling a sprint on Saturday and Sunday just doesn't sell that well. Mm. Yeah, I get yeah. that. So if, we, if we were just like, you know, if this multi this multi that thing takes off in Bahamas, I don't know, maybe they'll let me do it in Palm Beaches next year and then we'll do an eight-hour multi, multi-lap or something. You know, I, I think there's actually something there, you know, because Tough Mudder's doing their, you know, their infinity version of a race. And yep, it's like, it's the same thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not reinventing the wheel yet. And I think that, I mean, and that's a really cool concept that Tough Mudder's doing there. I like it. But the bad thing about it is, is they only do it in a few cities. I wish they did it at the, the venue here in Atlanta because I would definitely go and try it out because it looks like it would be a fun and a good test race for like say world's toughest mudder or toughest toughest. exactly yeah and you know we don't really have much in the way especially with the ultra thing being kind of gone right now we don't really have much in the way of endurance other than ultra beasts i mean shit that's crazy endurance but you know what i'm saying it's not something we have so uh yeah i'm gonna give it a try and if it goes well uh, again please anyone listening do not take this as gospel but I am going to push that maybe if it goes well, we try it out on Sundays at a couple of races, see how it goes. I think that would be cool, man. And so that race is going to be the Kids World's Championship race, too, the one you're talking about in the Bahamas in August, right? Yeah, that's the Kids World Championships. It's the sprint and it's the multi-lap. So, you know, the Kids World Championship is amazing. Excuse me, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Getting some water. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a huge race. But, you know, the thing I want to push for that for everybody is that this is a destination race. Yeah. And, uh, I, and for those people who don't know or probably don't care, you know, my, my new role within Spartan is to manage and uh, promote all these destination races. Abu Dhabi, uh, Jamaica next year, Bahamas, etc. Uh, terrible, terrible job I have now. Uh. Um, <laughs> but, um you know, I want to push it out there that, yes, it's the Kids World Championship, but it's also just a huge a great vacation. Because is that course going to be at Atlantis? Did I see that right? Yeah, all the way through, right through the middle, on the beaches, in the ocean, back out. It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, because that resort there is like top-notch shit. So that's like a badass resort to go to in itself. It's you know, they got like a water park there. there. It, was, it was crazy. Yeah. That's definitely a destination race. Yeah, and that's you know these are these are different these are things I'm going to be hopefully managing. So I think it's going to be good, and hopefully we pull off this uh, trifecta in the in Jamaica next year. Oh, that would be cool too. Yes, that'd be really cool. Well, you missed a great race in Atlanta this past weekend. That was an awesome trifecta weekend. You know, that's my venue. I know it is. I know you hated not to be there, but I'm sure you had a good time in Vegas too. It was all right, and you know, not to upset anyone, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the west coast. I'm in, you know, I'm in the western right now, Fort Lauderdale, basically right now. I'm, I'm a humidity guy, and right. I like, I did not Vegas, man. I did not agree with my, uh, my body at all. I was right. my lips were cracked, my eyeballs felt like there were like oh, raisins. And uh, yeah, Barnes did a great job, but uh, I'm glad because. The, it was actually one of my little silly ideas. I do. I consider myself a weird ideas guy, and it's sometimes right. it works. But Man. last year, after I did it, I said we need to do a, a beast. I said I'm telling you, this venue can squeeze in a trifecta. 
and it's the perfect venue. And they surprisingly agreed with me. And, you know, it was like 12,000 people there. It was yeah. insane. I think it went off with a hit. Everybody I talked to that did the Beast course loved it, man. They fucking that's, loved that's, it. That makes me happy to hear that because, you know, that was an idea. And, you know, it could have blown up in my face, but I just felt it's such a, it's such a great spot, Atlanta, because it's such a big hub. Right. You know what I mean? It's so easy to get to. Uh, I was like, I'm telling you, it could be big. And, yeah, that's great. The, the numbers spoke for itself on that one. Man, did you see where they put the barbed wire crawl? They put the barbed wire crawl where the old rolling mud used to be. It was yeah. nasty, dude. You know why we moved that? Why? Because because last year we had the rolling mud there, and we nearly lost the excavator. It sank. Oh, my God. <laughs> because we put rolling mud there for like seven, eight years in a row. Right. And we went over with this, you know, this giant freaking 20-ton freaking excavator, whatever it might be. And it started sinking because the ground is just so crappy after eight years of rolling mud. Man. So we were like, you can't, you can't put it there anymore. You're going you're gonna to lose the excavator. So that's the reason that that changed. Man, I tell you what, I liked having barbed wire there more than having rolling mud there. That was that was an adventure. It was amazing. The pictures were fantastic. Yeah, it, it was a trip, man. And I don't know if it was one of the staff members or not, but they had like some speaker out there just playing metal as loud as they could too, man, playing Metallica yeah. and Slayer. It it was a trip, really? man. It was fun. That's what it that's that's it. You know, I, 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 there's a whole thing, you know, within the company we're just and it's kind of an unwritten thing, but really trying to get back to that 2012, 2013, 14 kind of mud run vibe. Right. And, you know, I've always had, I, I've said, and it's going to sound weird, but, you know, I've always said that as soon as people started taking it too seriously, it kind of lost something. In my opinion, it's my opinion, personal opinion. It just, it just lost something. When people had to have the right shoes and the right compression gear, and they were just like, oh, it's too muddy. I'm, I'm like, for me, mud runs is freaking people running around. I, you know, I run in a kilt all the time. Right. Always run in a kilt. And and trust me, climbing a rope, a muddy rope in a kilt is no fun. A bit. But <laughs> the second, and this is my, my odd statement, the second people stop wearing tutus, <laughs> OCR got too serious. <laughs> and then in Vegas, this, I was like, yes, there were people in Spider-Man costumes and tutus and there were people with capes and like, that's, that's what cool. I'm talking about. Yes, I know the elites do the elite thing and that's all super fantastic. But, you know, Joe Public, who pays everyone's bills, we want them to enjoy it again. I just think they need to get that level of enjoyment again. And it just stop taking it so fucking seriously, pardon me. Right. So is, is that kind of yeah, like... a lot of beliefs on this. I'm sorry, I'm British. That's okay. I mean, I mean, we cuss on here all the time, so. Okay, good. That's fine. You're fine. Don't worry about that. So, (laughs) you say you know they're kind of trying to get back to their roots. Is that kind of about like what this Armageddon thing is before the start corral at every race has been? Exactly. So, not to to get too deep into it, but you know. uh, how do I explain it? Yes, it really is. There's a picture, and someone just shared it and tagged me in it, actually, Facebook today. There's a picture of Wintergreen in 2014. You must have seen it, Scott. The barbed wire crawl? Yeah, the barbed wire, exactly. Yeah, I saw it. 
And it's just, the mist is there, and it's, it looks like the freaking First World War. Mm, yeah, it does. And You're right, it does. With the fog behind it, yeah. It, yeah, it sure exactly. Does. The fog and the mist. And, and that is what we kind of feel is missing a little bit. It became clean. It became, and again, taking it seriously was my, my thing. So, so yeah, Armageddon is to get your ass in. I mean, people were in Vegas. We, we, we did it on Saturday, and we, we filled it, we put water in it, and we put the, I put the letters in there that said Spartan, barbed wire, of course, and the hay bales. And then people were still tiptoeing. Oh, I don't want to get my feet wet. I'm like, right. what do you mean you don't want to get your feet wet? You're about to go through fucking dunk wall. <laughs> So, so the next day, I've got to give it to the festivals, they completely built the sides up and turned it literally into a pool. Like, you're going in, whether you want to or not. And it was amazing. Most people were fine. We got a fire hose out, we saturated everybody. I mean, you know, I know Atlanta was cold, so we right. weren't that cold. Yeah. Um, but we were still at 40, 45, 50 degrees. Yeah, there's a love. There, there's kind of a love hate relationship with it in the community. I think the OGs don't care for it, you know, the competitive crowd. But I understand there's like there's a shock factor there for somebody's yeah. coming to do their first race. They go to that and they're like, "What? We got to go through this before we start? Exactly. This is intense." And, you, know? you know, I, I, you know, there's, there's things that, in, as a corporate company, I agree with and don't agree with, and but you know, I, I'm on the Armageddon bandwagon it's like yeah the people that don't i heard people say i don't want to get my shoes wet like you're running a spartan race <laughs> if this was atlanta you're not even you're not even going to finish the race with your fucking shoes because they're going to stuck <laughs> in the mud somewhere yeah and, and then that's my thing and i get it people want to be fast and super and cool but i don't know joe public i think needs to get you know educated on what we all dealt with back in 2012 13 all the way that you know get it get cause it joe says get comfortable being uncomfortable right and and, and that's the logic behind and i get it. it's totally polarizing and i've seen you know my ballpark would be like 60 percent. oh my god that was ridiculous i loved it crazy through and then 40 percent. that's the worst thing i ever did but i guarantee that 40 percent when they cross that finish line have a different point of view and that's you know love my hate them that's joe's mentality and i for one, agree with it. You cross that finish line, say, "Oh my God, that sucked ass." Cool, I did it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, Garfield, you're probably one of the. I think you're the only staff member that I've ever had on the show, like an official staff member that wasn't like an ambassador Ooh. or whatever. <laughs> and so, you were talking about Wintergreen, and I have some questions about like some venues that I want to ask, and and you may not know the answer, but it's something that just always kind of comes up, and like the discord or just when you're out and about in the community and you know, you mentioned wintergreen. Why have we not gone back to that venue or do you know? Uh, that's the Holy grail. So I, I want to put this out there. Matt B. Davis probably not listening, but throwing out to that freaking guy. My, who's my buddy who, <laughs> who was at my first race in 2012 when I fucked everything up. <laughs> but you know, it's, I appreciate you having me on. Because, you know, there's so much goes on in the social media and right. the channels. And nobody ever asked Spartan. They don't. I mean, they ask Joe, Matt asked Joe, and that Joe's Joe, and Joe yeah. has his thing. But it's very rare that people actually go, oh, let's ask someone from Spartan. They just go, let's assume all of this shit. Right, yeah. And, and it kind of pisses me off to a point, because there are many reasons why we do that. We don't hate 
people. We don't just do it because we're a corporate. I love right. the fact, well, Spartan just is trying to make money. I'm mm. like, whoa, there's a business out there trying to make money? Right, yeah, everybody's got to understand what that. What kind too. of devilish witchcraft is that? <laughs> of course we're trying to make fucking money, but I can tell you, and then not to go on a soapbox, and not to you know plug the, the Joe thing, but he's turned down a lot of money for his vision. Like, like the, I can't get into a drink, but there are drink sponsors that give you wings. Let's just do it that. Right. But he's like, no, that doesn't suit my brand. I don't, because that's not really good for you. And wow. And turned down huge amounts of money to stand on his, his laurels, if you will, his morals, if you will. But going back to the venues, the venues is, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. I'm sure. Um, I don't know about Wintergreen. I, I honestly don't. That was before my time. But I can absolutely speak to other venues. Uh, Tahoe, let's go with Tahoe, for example. Beautiful venue. Everyone loved it. It was amazing. But then they went, okay, we're going to build this here. We're going to build that there. You're not allowed to do this. You can't do that. Suddenly, everything's been taken away from us. Right. Um, let me think of another good good example. Um Oh, you know what? You might know this one being a, a local guy. Lake, do you remember Lake Lanier? I was going to ask you. That's an awesome venue, man. Oh, my God. I love that venue. I did the last race there. I was there. 17 or 18. Spectacular venue, but they built a hotel in the middle of that course. Mm. So, obviously, we can't go back. But oh, I saw wow. all the social media, Spartan this, Spartan that, and they make right. money, and blah, 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 they're trying to yeah. rip me off. Like, no, they just built a fucking hotel in the middle of your course. <laughs> so we had no course. What, there's nothing we can do. So, and that, that's what happens with venues. Right. And a lot of the uh, a lot of ski venues, this is something we deal with. A lot of the ski venues back in 12, 13, 14 mm -hmm. were like, We've got nothing in the summer. We're a ski venue. We've got absolutely nothing. Right. Nothing. What are we going to do? Spartan comes in. Hey, we'll Savage and others. We'll pay you to put a race on in your dead season. Hell yeah. Bring it on. Give us the money. Oh, it's amazing. Then suddenly all the ski venues discovered mountain biking. Oh. Uh. Set up all these mountain bike trails. And now I'm dealing with, I'm, you know, I'm working with uh, Mammoth right now. With, uh, me and Adrian are working together again on the OCRWC. Right. Which, drop, drop, uh, drop, drop the news, I will be the RD for. Oh, cool. Should be a fun, yeah, exactly. But they're like, well, you can't go on there. That's a mountain bike trail. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh. And it, it's become a lot harder to operate with these venues because they're making money doing other things. Right. Whereas 10 years ago, they were making nothing in the summer because they hadn't figured out their off-season. So that's the reason we lose venues, is they're either building something or they've got a different plan. But overall, we try and get at least a three-year contract with every venue. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we already have a race here in Atlanta, and, you know, we used to do Conyers twice a year. But yeah. now what I was curious about now is – since now Tough Mudder and Spartan are the same, do you think in the future they may possibly put on a Spartan race at the uh, Tough Mudder venue that they always use? I forget what that farm's called. Uh, I don't know. I, I've never heard any talk of it. And I know that I haven't heard any talk of doing another joint race like we did in Central Florida a couple of years ago. Right. I just I mean, think that that would be a great venue for a us, Spartan. To be honest, apart from that freaking walk from the parking lot. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Which so you... no, I, I haven't heard any chatter to that effect. Yeah, I think that you would know, be a good thing. Uh, you know, the Kanye thing, regardless of the fact that we've been there for eight hundred years. <laughs> I love that venue. I, I love I'm it too. Sorry, but I freaking love. I ran that venue myself as a customer because I, for 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 one of OCR history, the very first battle frog we ever did was at Kanye's. Oh wow! And it was um, it was three months before. No, sorry, three months after the Spartan con years in 2014 and I ran it as part of research. I mean, I ran a ton of Spartans, but I was curious. And then we flew a plane over it with all Battlefrog and Joe lost his shit. And I was oh, standing right next to Joe in a <laughs> Battlefrog shirt as he was like, what are these fucking guys doing? <laughs> he was not happy. That's funny. But, but I think con is a great venue. I mean, the, the, Atlanta's tough. Is it? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, it's like Miami. There's, there's, there's no friggin' land. Everything's right. been developed. So we did uh, We did Battle Frog. I actually scouted uh, Foxwoods, I think it was called. Yeah. Way, way back when. We, we scouted Foxwoods. And then, of course, I worked for Savage Race. So we did the Moonlight Stables Ranch, which right. is a gorgeous venue. God, That's a I cool love venue. That venue. It is a good venue. Oh, it's a beautiful venue. But they have a, you know, they have a, uh, What's it called? Uh, an exclusive deal, which I'll give Sam and Lloyd props. Right. Nice work. Solid, solid uh, management right there. So they yep. keep us out. And then uh, the, the tough venue, tough mother venue I've never been to, so I, I can't speak on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just something I'd always thought of, you know, since now they're the same brand that would be and it's a big venue too you know like like shoot movies and stuff out there it would be a great ultra venue for sure you know because they did is world it better, stuff is it better than kanye's because i mean kanye's now now that we have a trifecta that means we can't have an ultra now see i would love to say that i would love to see that because me personally i like the conyers venue better because there is a little bit more technical running there as the other one is kind of it's kind of more clean running but it's just a big property site so i think conyers would be an awesome ultra and jason told me that but then somebody else told me that woody said it wouldn't work so i've I'm, i've got a 50 50 answer there may be an ultra there so i would yeah, love to see I, I love woody to death but yeah no take yeah anyway moving <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's but, possible and i don't know we, we kind of brought the ultra uh, as you guys who follow the schedule a lot pretty tighter than i do um, you know, we did bring the ultras back. We kind of went hardcore with the ultras last year. Yeah. To kind of let people catch up from COVID. Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest, as a production person, it crushed the team. It was very, very hard. I remember I, I had at one point three ultras in a row, and it's it's a lot. Yeah. On the staff, it kicks our ass. And, and there's a lot of ultras in the southeast too. You know. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot less this year. They they pulled them back, thankfully. Right. I'm interested to see the uh, Ultra at Newberry. I think that's going to be a fun venue to have an Ultra at. Wait, which one? Which one's Newberry? Newberry, South Carolina. Is that a new venue? That's the new one that we had last year. Oh, I don't. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I didn't. I've never done that one, but I know a lot of people said they love that venue. It was they fun. Really it. it was fun. Brilliant. <clears throat> um. So. You were there for the Jacksonville for the 3K Series format, and you know it was kind of like the debut or a test race or whatnot. So, 
what was y'all's takeaways from that event? And did y'all find things that y'all were going to change or try to do better or maybe even take away for like the Palm Beach event that's coming up? Um, so, yeah, so I got kind of semi, like unofficially tasked with helping with the 3K, I, to be honest. And I know everybody's got their comments on it and I get it. I totally, totally get it. Uh, but I ended up being the guy who dealt with the company in Finland on the laser pistols and all that shit. Right. Um, to be honest, I think, and I was dubious. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hide it from, from my, my bosses. It's fun. Um, I was dubious about the 1K, 1K, 3K. I was like, right. okay. And I, I know why they did it. Is the, the Olympic thing. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll manage it. And we did it. And... Oh my God, even I, I, I ended up working the start line just basically on the microphone to say, okay, guys, let's bring in some heat too. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. All that fun stuff. Um, and, and then we had the laser pistols all ready to go. Um, my heart rate was up for two hours straight just on the <laughs> whole thing. It was like, I was like, oh my God. So, you know, I think, and regardless, yeah, I know people are, oh, I, want, I, want, I want to run 47 miles. and That's great. I get it. Everybody wants their own thing. It was freaking awesome, mate. I swear to God. Yeah. It was the, I spoke to her, Heather Goldnick. Heather Goldnick was, um, she won it for the women. Right. And she did it. And everyone's like, oh, it's like 1K, then 1K, then 3K. That's 50 freaking obstacles right. in a two-hour period. I, don't discount that. Right. And she, Heather, as far as I was told, Heather was supposed to do the super on the Saturday. She was like, I, I can't. I got <laughs> nothing left. That kicked my ass. I know everybody I, mean, I talked to said out. they loved it. And everyone I spoke to was like, holy shit. That was insane. Because there's no, you know, you do a beast or even a super and you've got a mile between obstacles. You've got three right. goals mile. Okay, let me get my breath back. Let me get my shit together. Next obstacle. Okay, then I'll punch it a little bit. Get my breath. No, no, no. This is like fucking heart rate to the max constantly. That is a that is a very difficult place to be. I'm not an athlete, but as an athlete, they were like, that sucked. Right. But in a good way, you know? Yeah, of course. Always so, in a good way. <laughs> I, I would say that I don't think there's anything going to change Palm Beaches. Yes, we have the pistols. The funny thing is with the pistols, and I've noticed this, and yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Everyone's fucking ripping on the pistols. Um, but we have the Olympic guys there. We have the pentathlon guys helping manage that. And I've got, I've got literally got a pistol sitting right next to me. They sent me a test pistol with a gun so I can set up the targets and get everything right. Right. Um, Everyone who is on Facebook is, oh, fuck, laser pistols. Oh, it's a laser point. That was so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I get it. It's Facebook. I honestly don't give a shit. Well, they're complaining you know, on Facebook. I don't get into so, that stuff. Yeah. You know I me. Mean? <laughs> Everybody that touched those pistols is like, holy shit. Get rid of the spear. This is it. My heart rate was up. My hands were shaking. I couldn't do it. I had to <laughs> breathe. And that, that's what, it, you know, I, I read up. That's what the pentathlon guys do. Like, you, they shoot between heartbeats. So this is Olympic level, obviously. They shoot between heartbeats. Hmm. So it's it's an obstacle. I mean, it's, it's an obstacle as much as a freaking spear throw is an obstacle. Hmm. So 
No, we're not going to change anything for Palm Beaches. The shit worked in That's awesome. Jacksonville. People absolutely loved it. And you talk to the people. I'd love, you know, I'm talking, I, I chat with Atkins and all those guys. And um, and I challenge them. I challenge Atkins, VJ, and all those boys. Give it a try. Give it a go because it's freaking hardcore. You know, these guys compete at the OCRWC. They compete in the, the, the 100 meter, the 3K. Um, so there's no reason they can't do this. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's no reason they can't do this. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's something they need to try. Right. It's insane. Yeah, I'm it's, excited it's about fantastic. it, and I plan on coming down there it's and checking empty, it out. And it's the spectator-friendly thing that everyone's been talking about for years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to coming down there and checking it out uh, in April. I'm, I'm going to come down there and watch it on Friday and then run the sprint I'll on Saturday. See you there, mate. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So, wh- what races are you doing this year? I know you're doing Palm Beach, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so my, my new role is kind of uh, managing all the marquee events, all the all the fancy pants races. So, I will have, um, I'll be at Palm Beaches helping with the 3K. I may be at other 3K races, like right. championships. Just managing yeah. a little bit and helping the race director. Um, but yeah, I've only got uh, Bahamas, um, Abu Dhabi, and um, I, I guess I can drop this one now, but I will be the race director for the OCRWC again. That's going to be awesome. I'm sure everybody will be glad to hear that. Yep, you heard, you heard it here first, so there you go. <laughs> drop that bombshell. Breaking news. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Okay, so I know we're getting close on an hour here, Garfield, but I always ask everybody that comes on the show the same questions. But for you, I'm, I've changed the questions a little bit. <laughs> okay. So everybody I bring on the show, I always ask what's their favorite race that they've ever ran and why. But for you, I want it to be what has been your favorite race venue that you've worked or your favorite okay. race that you put on and why. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I'm going to probably say, and for everyone that was there, and I think you might have been there, people are going to be like, are you fucking crazy? How the hell was that? A- Kanye's Ultra 2019. Uh, oh, you mean Try On 2019? Try On 2019, the race that killed everyone. I love that race. <laughs> it was freaking epic. I got pictures of me sitting on the top of a slip wall trying to decide who should have the small ropes and who should have long ropes because I don't know if you remember that. I remember. The slip wall had a 100% failure rate. All right, a 90, 99% failure rate on Tryon on that slip wall. And we decided, okay, we got to do something. Otherwise, we got freaking 800 people doing burpees. But so, to keep it fair, we couldn't. I couldn't let you know this red headband have a long rope, and this red headband who went 20 minutes ago had to do burpees. Right. So I ended up sitting on top of slip wall for the longest time, and then I had to. Cl- the other thing you probably remember, I had to close down a mile of the course because it sunk during the course, <laughs> and that. Trust me, that is no small feat to suddenly cut out a mile of course and reroute everyone, hopefully without, um, well, not without them noticing, but without you know, interruptions. So overall, I would say as far as challenges and everything, 
yeah, try on 2019 was my favorite and also my worst event. <laughs> so that that's funny you say that about the the slip wall because you know that was my A race of the year. So I went there prepared, ready to suffer. The start line, you know, it started sprinkling when we were at the start line and rained the rest of the day. And Did you do the ultra? Oh yeah. And so, so so I remember I've got an amazing photograph of that start line with all the rain coming down, pitch black. Yep. And just all the headlamps in the rain is a great photo. Yep. And you're in the background, or you're in the the foreground actually. Oh, I'm in the foreground. Yeah. My, my dry robe on, which saved my life that weekend. Oh sure. I I know. I regret not having one then. I've got one now. <laughs> but things of gold. But you were talking about the slip wall. I was coming up to the slip wall, finishing my ultra. I had run a completely, you know, penalty-free race, you know, crushed it. And I was like, man, I'm not even that muddy except for, like, my calves down, you know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, it's going to be easy to clean up. I could not get to that short rope on the second time going Nobody over slip could. wall Nobody to save my life. Before you got to the bottom. And, and that's why I said, we're gonna have to, we, we can't do this all day. And then the, I couldn't I couldn't screw the red headbands over by yeah. doing it. It wouldn't have been fair. And the burpee pit looked like a pig <laughs> mud hole. <laughs> it looked like wintergreen in 2015. <laughs> Man, it was, it, was, it was rough. But it's like you said, a lot of people hated that race. A lot of people DNF that race. But, but my but frame of mind was right, and I loved it. But right now, Scott, I'll tell you the amount of everyone. You're right, everyone. That was the worst race. It was awesome. But I think this goes back to what Joe's talking about right now about getting back to the 2012, getting back to that, right? Um, and making it. You know, what's his expression, which I kind of like, and again, not to be a, a, a Joeophile, but to you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. It's not meant to be freaking easy doing what we do. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying, and. And Tryon was, that was like a 2012 gnarly-ass mud run. That's what yeah, it was. It was a freaking mud run. I hate, the, I hate OCR. I think it's too, people think it's too cool for school. It's a, well, what we do is mud runs, right? right? That's my personal thing. Um, and, you know, I don't know. It was just people were just dying. But now, if you go on any single website, any Facebook group, oh, what was the worst this and the worst? Everyone puts Tryon and, and a few others Tryon up there as the most amazing thing they ever did. Yeah, it was the worst thing they ever did, but it was the most amazing. Right. No one, no one said, "Oh, I ran the five k in Palm Beaches." It was, it was, it was like, <laughs> "Shut the fuck up!" No, you didn't. <laughs> you know, and, and and that is what I think we are missing a little bit as an industry. My personal take, a, a little bit as an industry, is we're losing that kind of like. Holy shit, I just wanted to die. Because right. trust me, as a race director, that race killed me. That was a scary race to put on for you, I'm sure. Well, you know, we got people dropping from hypothermia. We're trying to fix that. And, and here, just to give you a, a race director inside information, you know, when we have a lost child, we lock everything down. I remember Nobody that. goes anywhere. That's it. Lock everything down. We got a lost child. No one's going anywhere. Close parking. Close this. Close that. I remember that. Yeah. But then it's also, oh, yes, we're also evacuating everybody for hypothermia. <laughs> so, I'm like, how the fuck <laughs> shit I dealt with? Was like, okay, so I'm evacuating everybody but keeping them in the same place. How the fuck do I do that? Mm. And in the end, I remember standing in the merchandise tent, literally 
not searching people saying, do you have a child? Oh, God. <laughs> like, do you have a child under your jacket? Okay, you can go. And then I had the freaking, my parking guys, guys, you have to ask permission. And if they say no, there's nothing you can do. But you need to, if you can, you can start letting cars out. Otherwise, we're going to have a nightmare. But <laughs> you're going to have to think, could you open the trunk? <laughs> and 90% of the people, oh, yeah, yeah, open the trunk. There you go. I don't have a child. <laughs> you know? And this is, this is a fun part of my job. Scott is like, I'm telling you, there's a freaking, there's a reality show in this race director bullshit somewhere. I'm sure there's probably a, a, a reality show in just what the staff has to up with. Yeah. And Tryon is an awesome venue too. I mean, I love it. That's... Love the place. That's the one that I said, Rolling Hills and everyone's still just shit about. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great venue. I love that venue. I hope we always yeah. keep that one for sure. So you pretty much just answered my second question. My second question was, what's the your least favorite race you put on and why, or the hardest race you ever put on and why? So I guess you just answered that question too. <laughs> no, that was not it. Oh, it wasn't? Well, well, tell me. Abu Dhabi, 2021. Mm, I heard that destroyed, was a mess. Destroyed me, destroyed my brain, destroyed my team. Mm. Never dealt with anything like it. Never. I mean, you know, the first, the, the biggest problem at first was like, okay, we're here. Where's the obstacles? Where's the Hawaii containers? Oh yeah, they're stuck in the North Korea Sea, and they'll be with you by January. Oh Jesus! I'm like the fucking race is in December. So what do you want me to do? We had to beg, borrow, and steal obstacles from South Africa, from China, from da da da. Hey, can I borrow your monkey bars? Oh, you got a twister? Let me borrow your twister. Holy shit! Yeah. And then where the race was, was the world's tallest sand dune. Very cool place. Right. Amazing. Named Liwa. And that is where everyone from that region goes to ride um, their, their buggies up and down the sand dune. Right. And I heard so, it was like a big event that weekend for that, too. <laughs> dude, it was the 50th anniversary of the country. It was <laughs> the 4th of July on steroids. Oh, man. So... We were like this, you know, I, I've dealt with this many, many times where we go to races and all the mountain bikers are ripping our tape up because they don't want us on their course. I get it. Right. This is their course. So, we, you know, we pissed mountain bikers off. So we pissed off all of the Arab nation oh my God. by putting tape all over their freaking desert. And they just didn't war. They were pissed. So we ended up camping for five days because we were four hours from anywhere for Leeward. Wow. So my team's all camping, we've got camp, we set it up, we've got tents and all that shit. So all of these these buggies, these razors and what have you, sat around the campsite every night from 9 or 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. just with their feet on the accelerator. That's it. Oh, man. And the noise was off the chart. Nobody slept. So none of my team slept for four days, three, four days. And that was hard because I have to manage the team. I got to deal with the stress. <laughs> I ended up sleeping under my desk in this makeshift office. But again, I go back to the fact that in my industry, that's the worst thing and the best thing. Because now I'm like, holy shit, that was cool as shit. But at the time, you know, my, I'm thinking, oh, my, my team can't sleep. You know, so I have to be a race director, which, uh, to be honest, a race director is almost like a staff mom. Right. To be honest, you know, that's our job is to make sure the team's okay, 
make sure they can function, make sure they can do their job. Um, but Abu Dhabi was was brutal. But again, like Tryon, it was the best, worst experience of my life. Right. Well, twenty twenty two went a lot better for you though, didn't it? Oh, we crushed it. Yeah, we killed. We killed it. We moved the venue to somewhere that wasn't. You know, the the it wasn't Daytona, right? <laughs> <for> the Arabs, <laughs> which is basically what the original venue was. That was a terrible choice. Hmm. Um, yeah, we did it. We'll be back there this year, and like, you need to get your ass over there, you and your lady, hmm. dude. Do it. it it's life changing. It's freaking epic. Man, I would love to. That's an expensive trip for me, man. I would love to do it though. Let's let's talk. Let's talk off off this call. All right, we'll do. So, um, so here's my last question, man, because I don't want to keep you. Um, oh, please, don't worry about it. I'm good. And so I meant to ask this at the beginning of the show because I wanted it to be everything. That, I wanted it to be what everybody heard first if they didn't listen to the whole episode in entirety. And I want you to tell us what we can do as participants to help you and your staff's life easier. Damn, put me on the spot there, mate. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's to help you, you know, to keep no, this in no, people's no, no. minds. I, I, you know I, I mean? totally get it, and I'll, I'll absolutely respect the fact that you're asking that question. Um, the funny thing is, Scott, that not to not to polarize the whole thing and segregate, but. The open runners and even the age group runners, I understand there's always going to be stuff that people are pissed off about, the monkey bars, the greasy, the da-da-da. But overall, no, I I don't have anything. I I really don't. The customers are crucial, obviously. But, I mean, everything I see on stuff, maybe it's it's me, because my social media thing, yes, I'm very active on social media, but... To be honest, and if you've noticed this, I don't ever get into any kind of disputes. I don't touch religion. I don't touch politics. I don't touch right, arguments yeah. about timing and all that. You yeah, know, there was, me neither. There's a whole bunch yeah. of shit in Vegas with people getting lost. and all. I don't touch that. Yeah, I that's, that's part of it, ago, man. Let's just be vanilla. I'm not, a, I'm not a chicken or anything. I just don't... I, I don't want to deal with it. It's not, you know, because you're never going to keep... What's it they say? You'll... You can, Keep half the people happy half the time, whatever the expression is. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Well, I mean, um, it's like I, no, a- I, I honestly don't have anything. I think that people, you know, people are allowed to get pissed off about stuff, and I absolutely respect that. And if you're fucking angry about something, say something. Right. You know, uh, could Spartan be better at stuff? Of course we could. We're, but people have to realize we're a fucking giant machine, a global company. And we're not trying to screw people over. We're not trying to steal people's money and all that shit. Everything we do, I think a lot of people don't realize that, and I could be wrong on the numbers, but ballpark, you know, most event companies didn't come out of COVID. They just didn't. They You're didn't right. make it. Mm-hmm. We lost, I'm going to throw in a number out, about $150 million right. in income. And saved and another company right before to it, too. Back. And hold on and do that. So some of the decisions we make, they are not made because we're trying to fuck over the age group or we're not trying to piss off Ryan Atkins or whatever it might be. Right. You know, it's we're trying to freaking hold on to you. You guys have something because 
you know, for all, everyone's got this Joe, this and Joe that, but he, he, all he cares about is this company surviving and, you know, continuing to give people something to strive for. That's, I don't know if I'm explaining myself right, but that's, that's the thing. You know, we, we're trying to stay in business. We're trying to do it, but we are a business. People forget we're a fucking business. Right. We have to pay people to bring forklifts and porta potties and all that bullshit. You know, it, it's very important. But people are like, well, uh, I didn't get medal. Yeah, let's not get into the medal thing. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people, we have vendors. Oh, okay, I didn't get paid right away and we're working on it. And, and that's just, that's business. If you want to put it down as business, but of course, people in this industry, they take it because we take it so personally, it becomes such a personal thing. We forget that it's a business trying to survive. Mm. So not that I'm trying to make any excuses for anyone, but that's what we're doing right now is we want Spartan to continue because the last thing anyone fucking wants is for Spartan to say, ah, we're done. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants that. I mean, and, and we have to do certain things as a business to avoid that. And that's what we're doing. And do we piss people off? Sometimes. Yeah. But we are massively doing this for the big picture. Right. I mean, and people got to understand, too. And I always say this. I always say this. Not only did COVID, you know, punch Spartan in the gut, they just yeah. bought Tough Mudder right before that happened. Like, if Spartan wouldn't have done that, there wouldn't have been world's toughest mutter anymore. Nope. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the timing could have been, it was <laughs> awful. Could have been better, but right, you know, Joe and the team, the, the hierarchy have bent over backwards to try and make sure we still have tough mutter, we still have Spartan. And, um, you know, again, not to be a soapbox person, but you know. This is what we do, and I get it. There's people who haven't been paid for this. It is what we're trying. Right. And without Spartan, trust me, it's a fucking shitty world for a lot of people who are listening to this. I agree. I mean, right as of now, Spartan race is the most affordable way to run as many OCR races as you want to with a season pass. You can't beat it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't beat it. I mean, they've got the they've got a lot of races, and they've made it affordable in the best way possible. If you're into it, like a lot of us are in the age group community too, you know, we like to go to as many races as we want to. And absolutely, get, get your money's worth, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's this it's the best way, and it has been for years. And and Spartan's been great about doing that. You know, I mean, I love racing all sorts of OCR races. I'm not just I race Spartan because it's the most affordable one that I can get as many races as possible a year out of where I can hang out with my friends and have fun. Hell yeah. That's what it's That's about. How you and I met, mate. That's right, man. That's what it's all about. Well, hey, Garfield, man, I'm, I'm out of questions. And, and for that last question I asked you about what we can do to help your staff's life easier, I'm going to throw an answer out there to you. You can pick up your trash. Pick up your trash. When you get those always, packets, always, always put it Always find a place to put your trash. Leave it better than you found it. That is what I tell my teams. Always, always. Well, Garfield, 
man, if you got anything to add, man, or where people can follow you on Instagram or whatever, man, or if you got some old DJ videos we need to check out, let us know. Let's let those die. Yeah, no, no, no. We're good. If you want to hit me up on, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, I'm over. I'm over. Well, maybe it's because we talked for such a long time. The phone dropped there for a minute. <laughs> Too much bullshit. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, anyway, go ahead and finish, finish what you were saying there. No, that was it. I don't even know what I was saying, to be honest. So what is your Instagram? Isn't it Garfield Griffiths Stuff? Isn't it something like that? Yeah, Garfield's underscore Griffiths Stuff. Oh. I, I post a bunch there. I'm slowly moving away from my Facebook because, you know, i got family stuff on there. But right. it's tough because i got 5,500 OCR. Uh, crazies <laughs> on that, so I'm working on it. Right. Okay, so... You know, if you've got just a second, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot two questions. So every once in a while, when I, when I have a, a guest on that my, I have a group text conversation, I'll say, Hey, I have so-and-so on, do you have any questions you want me to ask? And usually I get some smart ass questions from these <laughs> particular friends. Yeah, well, Matt Davis. <laughs> so no, it's not Matt. So these are just keep in mind these are unintelligent people. They're unintelligent questions. So I don't, care. I don't get bent out of shape. I understand where people are at with the industry. So oh, it, trust me, it's nothing like that. So Brian Beal, you know Brian Beal, long hair. Yeah. He asked. Why do you, why do you not have an American accent? Because I'm fucking British. <laughs> okay, I hey, I told you, I told you. Okay, and Michael Roberson asks, how do you eat a banana? Slowly, and I look right in front of, you, look right in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, man. <laughs> you know, only some questions like that could come from those that two guys. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, Garfield, and I look forward to okay. seeing you in a few weeks at uh, in, uh, Palm Beach. I'll see you there, my friends. All right, man. Later. Cheers, mate. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Garfield again for taking time to talk to us. Uh, I'll be in Charlotte in, what is it, a few weeks. So if you see me out there, come up to me and say what's up. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll see you at next race. Peace.